Welcome to the Race Car Showroom Podcast, where we appreciate race cars and their driving personalities and sponsors. I'm Jacob Harbour, and I hope you enjoy today's conversation. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to episode number three of the Race Car Showroom. Today we have Brayton Laster here with us. Brayton, how are you today, man? Oh, yeah, enjoying this lovely Indiana Midwest weather where it's hot and sunny and I'm burning up every time I'm outside. You know, got, gotta love it. Awesome, man. Well, it's raining here in North Carolina and it's supposed to be raining all week. So I'm a little jealous of that weather. So I've done my research. I promise I'm going to ask a lot better questions than this, but I have to get the stereotypical question out of the way first. The pizza man thing. Okay. It's your Twitter handle. I know you have the pizza hat all the way down to your bed sheets or pizza. If I'm understanding correctly, this goes all the way back to middle school. Just tell me about that, man. Yeah, so it, you, you hit it pretty spot on there. Going back to middle school, Brayton Laster. And I'm going to tell you, middle school, Brayton Laster was like a stereotypical chubby, nerdy kid that played Pokemon uh, at lunch. It, like, it, it was the like, most stereotypical nerd you can imagine. Like, grease is rolling down my face, pimple was acting everywhere. And uh, I really, really liked the pizza. Loved pizza. And my parents had gotten me. For, for Christmas one year, like a pepperoni backpack. And that was basically what started it all with. I got shoes, I pepperoni shoes, and I got a pepperoni backpack. So I'd rock around, I'd have the backpack, I'd have the shoes, and I, I was dripped out, let me tell you. Like Chubby Brayton was killing it in the fashion game. Uh, and so I just really, really liked pizza. I kept calling me the pizza kid, and you know, I'd be at the racetrack, and I'd be, you know, I'd be wearing my, my pepperoni shoes, and pizza shoes, and uh, I'd go up to the test stand. My dad would be like, hey, kid, uh, here's 20 bucks. I'll get me a cheeseburger. I'll get you whatever you want. Like, I had to back, and I'd come back with pizza like, all the time. And so I was, like, synonymous with being out, either at the track or at school, always doing something with pizza, either pizza, having pizza, wearing pizza. And then I got the pizza helmet, you know, when I turned, oh, golly, 16, I believe. So that was, what, 2018, I got the pizza helmet. And... That was basically kind of what sparked was like the big chain of events, I guess. Like that's when like everyone started calling me, "Hey, a pizza man, a pizza kid, how's it going?" Uh, you know, all throughout high school, I, I had pizza jackets, I had pants, I had underwear, I had socks, I had shoes, hats. I mean, I I, I had it all. So it, it it was kind of my personality more than anything, and it just kind of became an image or like. You know, you top bright and ask me about pizza. So that's kind of where that whole thing, I guess, came together. I'm like, you know what? We're going to run with it. I like it. It looks good. It sounds good. I like it, man. And dude, as a former middle school teacher here and now a middle school administrator, I, that hits home to me, man. I love it. I'm picturing middle school, Brayton Laster with that. That's awesome. So I love that story. And I also love how you've now turned it into a brand. Like you said, you know, that's kind of the first thing I wanted to ask you about. I, I think about your helmet out there on track. Um, so it is pretty cool how that has stuck with you and as your brand now. So I like that. Um, another thing, I know that they're announcing all of the partners right now for the Chicago street race coming up in the cup series. And I noticed one of the partners is Lou Malnati's. That's personally the best pizza I've ever had. Number one, have you ever had Lou Malnati's pizza? And what is your favorite pizza? Um, that's um, heartbroken to hear that. Um, so I, did, I actually hadn't heard of that. So this is like breaking the news to break master. Um, I did not, I've not heard, well, I know what Lou Malnati's is. 
I spent a lot of time over in like St. Louis and whatnot over the summer, and they're real big over in St. Louis. Um, and I never got the chance to try it. Uh, but favorite pizza, I I've never had a bad pizza. That's the thing I like all pizza. Now I've had really really good pizza. I've had mediocre pizza, but it's hard. It's really hard to screw up pizza. Uh, as far as like my favorite goes, there's a there's a couple local chains, you know. There's a, there's a place called New York Slice here in uh, in Greenwood, you know, where I'm from, in south of Indy. Uh, they're they're like a mom and pop shop, you know, New York style, big, thick ish, you know, long slices. Uh, there's a place called Mozzie's in Greenfield, um, out east uh, of Indianapolis. Uh, they're like a small regional chain, and uh, Pizza King here in Indiana, uh, Indiana, obviously a big thing for most pizza people. They they typically know what that is, and there's a couple different chains of pizza kings as far as you go more regional i really like or national I like papa john's I like domino's i love casey's uh and it, it's hard to have a favorite you know sometimes like man i'm really craving domino's you know i really crave papa john's man i want some big greasy pizza in my life right now you know hey it's got the mozzies you know it, I, don't, I don't really have a preference i like pepperoni pizza that's that um I don't really like have a, like a preference. It's like I don't eat the same kind every time. I always or the same chain or restaurant. I always try to I guess divvy it up and change where I'm going. I like it, man. So versatile in your pizza appeal. There, I'm with you. It's hard to screw up pizza, and we can be in the mood for all of it. All right. So to the racing here. I've done my research, and I know that your dad was uh, heavily involved in racing, like in the '80s and '90s. And I know you had that connection. But how did you get started in racing and kind of tell us about some of the different cars you've raced and how you came through those ranks, if you will? Oh, man, this is better tighten the seatbelts, everybody, because it's going to be it's gonna be a long one. So, yeah, my dad, he was like a racing fan growing up. His dad would take him to IRP out here, uh, west side of Indy. And that's how my dad fell in love with racing. He would go to IRP, and then he'd go to the Speed Room, which is a flat fifth mile, quarter mile asphalt track here, mainly known for its figure eight racing. Until all throughout the 80s, my dad, you know, worked on cars, and then in the 90s, he started owning cars, and then late 90s, early 2000s, he kind of started driving his own cars, and he never like, had any aspirations to make it to, like, the NASCAR level or whatnot, or well, he, he just did it for fun, and so early 2010s, late 2000s, so, you know, going, I, ever since I could walk, pretty much, even before that, I'd go to the race park with him. I like, you know, he'd take me to have someone, you know, one of his friends, I'll walk, you know, he's out on track. And so, like, I was always going to the racetrack. You know, I'd cry if I couldn't go to the racetrack with him. Like, I'd sit there and drive when I'd just bawl my eyes out. And so, I know, growing up around the racetrack, it's why I was new, it's why I came to love. And so, I was about seven, eight years old or so. I was about seven, eight years old and started driving go-karts out there at the speed realm and we don't they're not like a normal fat car they're like fully caged go-karts it's got about 35 45 miles now i'm not too impressive but you know for like a seven eight-year-old kid i mean that's it for hauling and you know I, I ran those for three four years you know wrecked and you know won some races and had a lot of fun and i was 12 years old i'm like you know going back to chubby brayton here i was like 50 pounds you know heavier than all the other kids so I'm getting, you know, whacked you know, almost every race or restart it seems because, you know, these kids are just accelerating better, you know, and just, they're just quicker because they weigh less. And, you know, normally it's not a huge difference when you get to late model level, but like, you know, when you have a go-kart that weighs, you know, 350, 400 pounds, you're not going to 50 pounds, it's a huge difference. And 
a club at home, my dad decided we were gonna move up, and we got a we we got a nineteen seventy seven Ford Thunderbird race ready. I kid you not, race ready for eight hundred bucks. So we're going street stock racing here. We're going street stock racing at twelve years old. And uh, I'm mean, like, this isn't like a kid class. This is like full grown adult. It's like 30, 40, 60 year old guys that have been racing, you know, for 40 plus years, some of them. And I'm out here like, oh, what did I do? Oh. <laughs> and so I ran those for two or three years. You know, it, was, it was just a lot of good seat time, good experience. That's my first real dot car experience, you know, in those cars. Um, ran my first figure eight at 13 years old in that class. That was a blast. And I kind of fell in love with figure eight racing. And then once, 15 years or so, we decided, you know, hey, come and go late model racing. Asphalt late model racing is really expensive. Um, let's not do that. And we decided we're going to make a move to dirt just because we can do it for a little bit cheaper. We can be a little more competitive and we can somewhat make money. You know, you can go to any dirt race, you can find a dirt race almost any day throughout the year, if not every weekend. Uh, that's paying you know, ten thousand, you know, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand to win, or you know, six, seven, eight hundred thousand bucks to start even. Right. So we kind of were looking at that, and you know, like you know, we decided to go you know full time with this. We can almost kind of make money with it, and that's kind of where we were were at with all that. And my dad had a figure eight car, and I ran a lot of figure eight stuff, and and you know, we ran a lot of dirt stuff. I went back to my asphalt roots, and you know, I ran some some uh, winged adult go-karts at the same track at the Speed Realm. I ran some Hornet front-wood drive stuff. I ran uh, some school bus figure eight stuff. I love the school bus figure eight. That's awesome. I ran, I ran a Sierra Sportsman race in 2019, although you, know, you think Sportsman, you think asphalt eight model. Uh, we had like an old truck casting in a like, fiberglass body. That was like 30 years old. We found some guy selling and we're like, hey, we're going to go race the late model. And we got our butt wheel from there. But we had fun doing it. And then, you know, the past couple of years, got some, some crazy opportunities through very unusual circumstances uh, to go into a test at Daytona on the Arkham and platform. And, you know, then we raced at Daytona and Talladega. And uh, now we've ran, uh, we were in Charlotte a couple months ago, actually last month. And, I made my truck debut last year at Knoxville. That was that was really cool. So just kind of you know moving up through the ranks and whatnot. Never really thought I'd make it to like the ARCA or NASCAR level by any means. Um, and you know I don't know how long we'll be up here, but we're going to see kind of how far we can go. And if we don't make it, you know I'm not I'm not expecting to make it. So I say if we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. Uh, we're still you know right now running almost every weekend locally. You know, we got a dirt front wheel drive figure eight coming up in a couple of weeks. We're excited for that. I might do a school bus dirt figure eight. Uh, you know, going to be running, you know, dirt eight model stuff. We got our, uh, we got an asphalt eight model. We're going to be running some with a good buddy of mine, President Sora, will uh, be driving for us and uh, whatnot. So that's kind of what we got going on. Dude, that, that's crazy. I had no idea you had that versatile of a resume here with all these different things that you've driven and, and the different experience that you had. That That's really awesome. And it's crazy because you covered uh, several things I was going to ask you about, um, such as the dirt race in Knoxville there with the truck series. I was going to kind of ask you some of your dirt racing background, but you covered that. Um, one thing I do want to ask you though, is I'm listening to your story here and, you know, you go into the ARCA series 
And I mean, we're not really, I know you made the starts like at Nashville and Charlotte, but suddenly we're at like Daytona and Talladega. We go straight to the super speedways. Uh, is that nerve wracking at all? I mean, that's like early in your career, you're out there on these huge tracks, man. Yeah, I say that, that you point out. I forgot I ran Nashville. Thanks for thanks for pointing that out. I forgot I did that. Um, I did that. I did Charlotte, but you know, people think yeah, I ran Nashville. You know, which is a I think it's like a half mile. The, the, the fairgrounds is not the super speedway. Then I ran Charlotte, and you know, then here Daytona. You see my went in that order uh, to people listening. But like you pointed out, I went straight to Daytona. I went straight to Talladega, and that was so I ran a half mile tracks under Orlando. Uh, but as far as asphalt goes, I ran quarter mile stuff. I like so I had very little quarter mile. Like most of my quarter mile experience was on was either in like that, that street stock or an outlaw figure eight eight model, which obviously figure eight's not quite the same as an oval. But as far as like the bank and everything went, uh, the biggest asphalt track I'd been on would be a three eighth mile, uh, before Daytona. So you go from three eighth mile two and a half miles and it was it was a pretty big jump and you know i i'm big on the high racing scene i do a lot of high racing and it kind of i don't want to say helped the transition but you know i showed up they tell me like man this place is big it's cool but it's big and i went out there and i'm like so i just pulled the gas out and turn left I'm like just hold the gas down and turn left I'm like all right see you guys later and, you know went out there and it was a pretty smooth transition i didn't have any like oh what a wreck moment so uh, it, it was a pretty smooth transition. Um, definitely the the unusual route to go from. Cause I was still figure eight racing last year too, and, you know. So I like ran a figure eight race, and then I went and did you know Daytona. So I mean, definitely uh, an odd combination or an odd route to go. But it, it's always you know heat time. I'm always you know I'm always trying to better myself with heat time or experience and you know for opportunities like that. And said Daytona, I never thought I'd get to run any of that to Daytona and any from a manner so it was a big jump but I'm, i think we adapted pretty well yeah man that is definition of just going for it right there i love it just fearless and like you said turn left and hold it wide open and see you later i love that quote so now the tweet that you put out a few days ago about how you would like to see the cup series run the all-star race on a figure eight now that makes sense man i had no idea that we had all this figure eight experience um happening in your career so that's funny i like that and that would be rather interesting to see that so you've got this versatile resume and you're from out there in indiana did you ever have any interest in running any open wheel type cars that's something that i see is missing here just wondering yeah being from indiana you'd think i'm you know yeah open wheel or, or die you know um, or open wheel or bus, and a lot of people I hear big open wheel people, you know, sprint car, midget, USAC, and guitar in the next, USAC Pro. Um, never had any ambitions, never really wanted to go that route, never thought about going that route. I've never ran an open wheel on anything, not even like a midget. Um, so it, I mean, I've thought about it like, for a total of about 15 seconds, and then like, nah, I'm just like, what I'm doing. Uh, you know, that's a whole different game. That's a whole different level. Um, it's different and similar, you know, as far as stock car racing goes. But, you know, I've already spent 12, 13 years, you know, of stock car racing. Some of the guys that you wake up out of the womb, you know, racing a go-kart or doing like a quarter midget somewhere. So, it's, you know, I'm not, I'd like to say I was born in the wrong state. Uh, I mean, 
they're going to go big in ranking, either Indy or Star, that's the to do it. But typically, Indy, you don't hear about too many stock car guys coming uh, coming through Indy. I like it, though, man. That was just uh, my curiosity. I had to ask that after hearing your resume, but I'm glad you went the stock car route because I'm sure enjoying uh, following your story, and I'm looking forward to the things to come. Well, uh, to, to add on to that, it's just been uh, some bright and last for Laura, I guess. I work out, you know, obviously you got to be in somewhat better shape um then chubby middle school brayton uh uh knew all that peach i used to eat it definitely didn't help and so like i ran knoxville and daytona time i think last year i'm like all right i'm fat i got fixed so i've been you know, working out heavily in gym the past like eight nine months and i work out at pit fit which is known for working they work with that guy like scott dixon and rocky a lot of the indie next guys and USF, and USF 2000 guys, you know, I'm in there like working right next to these guys. And it was kind of weird that, you know, we got these two, three stock car guys in here. Um, but I, I'm one of the more like, prevalent members in there. And so like indie next or USF pro, one of the, like, the upcoming Oklahoma series, they're at gateway this weekend or the next couple of weeks. And so they come in, their first ever oval they've ever done. And so they're like, Hey, Brayton, you know, they're coming up to me. You know, these guys have been running, you know, open with stuff for, you know, five, ten years. And they're like, hey, Brayden, how, how do I how do I turn left? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to lie. I've never been to Gateway. I've never driven an open with car, but here's what I can tell you. So, I say it. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely, uh, it's pretty neat. All right, so we know that uh, this day and time, as you go into the ranks especially, it's all about sponsorship. Um, we're always looking for sponsors, reaching out to sponsors. Um, what kind of relationships or connections do you have out there right now? Put in a plug for me for some of your sponsorship. So that big one we have right now, long-term partner has been, uh, this, throughout this season, has been AM Manufacturing Company. Uh, they're a company based out of um, here in Indy, uh, up north. But they make like pizza machines, like pizza dough machines that like, simplify the whole process of you know, making and packaging dough. And, you know, so that's, that's pretty neat. We have, you know, some of connected within the pizza industry. Uh, obviously, you know, my parents have helped me out a lot. And, you know, they both own their own businesses, you know, like auto repair and stickers. And uh, my dad owns a very tiny junkyard that I spend most of my, my time working at. Uh, and then we have some others, you know, about Ed Co-Boating, the Hydraulic. We have uh, Awesome Snowball. They make the like, ice cream snowball, shaved ice things. They're local here, here in Greenwood. So if you're ever in the area, I recommend checking out Austin Snowball. We, we, we don't have any, like, big, big, major, you know, Fortune 500 companies, per se. But we have a lot of, like, tiny ones, you know. We, we have BH Bun. They make, like, it's called a bun tie machine. And so, basically, they have, like, a pizza box. They put the box in there. It ties, like, a whole a knot and everything around it. So no one can, like, try to open your box. They do a lot of shipping and handling and logistics and stuff. So that, those, those are the big the big hitters and you know super city race cube my home dirt track is is another one that you know it's kind of neat you know home your home track helps you out so it's it's been a journey we've had tons of people along the way to kind of help us out and whatnot but those, those, are, those are the heavy hitters though for sure good deal man and i like once again here we're pulling in that the pizza brand thing uh with some of the sponsorship too so that's pretty cool. Uh, now, if I understand correctly, did were you getting or did you complete an engineering degree? Was that a path of yours at one time? So, yes, I was going to the, I'm sorry, the University of Indianapolis here, you know, local to Indy, 
for mechanical engineering. I went there for a semester starting in the fall of 2021 after I graduated. And I got a full ride for academics. And you know, I've always wanted to have a backup plan. This is right before we started doing our stuff. And we started doing, we ran Daytona uh, in your early 2022. So this is like right before our stuff. And we obviously, you know, being in central Indiana, since we're in Indianapolis, pretty much, you know, capital of racing. And uh, we, the thing that we were understanding, you know, when I first went there and applied there, you know, we sat down with, you know, that admissions counselors. I'm like, hey, I drive race cars. Um, so I might need some wiggle room, you know. You have to work for that. If it's awesome, if not, then we have to, you know, go somewhere else. And, you know, or, or explore other options. You know, racing, you know, my life and whatnot. And they're like, yeah, it's awesome. Work, yeah, here's what you got to do. Email, you know, these people ahead of time, talk to professors. Stuff is perfect. And, you know, I go through the first semester flying colors, you know, straight A's all across the board. And, and uh, we just had to not go into too many details. And actually, they mentioned this in my Talladega rack last year. Uh, Phil Parsons does. Uh, basically, there was a professor, wasn't too fond of racing, hated racing, wouldn't really work with any student athletes at all, even one, even student athletes that were like endorsed by the school that did the like, school sports. Uh, and basically, I'm like, well, if I can't get the support that I need here, and it, it wasn't like I was missing every single day to go racing. I only ended up missing two class days, and he wanted to you know, drop like a whole letter grade and then some when I'm one of the highest graded students in the class. And, you know, I, and I spent a lot of my extra time after hours helping students, you know, who were struggling and, you know, even just cleaning up and stuff. So, you know, you have a, a professor there that doesn't you know, work with you or help you, uh, when you when you help their program out. And it just, it just wasn't really a viable option. And I've always been a hands-on kid, you know, student. I've always loved work. I've always loved engineering and designing. You know, I work on all my own race cars besides the ARCA stuff, you know, all for late models, Hornets, front wheel drive, street socks. I, I work on all of that. You know, I do a lot of our own motors and um, build a lot of our own stuff. So I, I always wanted to go and go to school for something like that. And I was in robotics, you know, throughout middle school and high school. And it just, it just wasn't an option, though, to, to go to school and, and try to race. And then the ARCA stuff started. I'm like, well, it's kind of hard. Now it's really hard to do doing in-person stuff and everything was still kind of screwed up by COVID at the time and so I transferred online to uh, to Liberty University so right now I'm getting my degree in business um not quite wrapped up with that yet but we're working on it and that way though I can still race and if something happens I have a backup plan and I can always you know go to college in person later down the road for new engineering or something like that so I, I got, you know, college will always be there for the most part. I don't see, you know, many colleges or the whole education system burning down anytime soon. So I say, you know, these opportunities I'm kind of getting right now are kind of, you know, very time limited. You know, I'm, I can't be 45 years old, you know, going up to sponsors and teams be like, hey, look at me, you know, if I'm 45 years old. So I say that it was in the works, the whole engineering thing was. I'd still like for it to be in the works, just not right. Well, man, you're a busy guy, and as I sit here and listen to everything you have going, uh, the old saying, you can't do it all. So sometimes you have to drop something to make all this other stuff work, and you're definitely doing a lot of cool things, man, and you have a bright future ahead of you in the college world and in the racing world. So you've got it figured out for sure. 
So, uh, so what's next for you, man? What can we be looking forward to uh, in the world of Brayton Laster right now? Like some starts coming up or anything you can share with us? So, yeah, we're going to be running new local stuff, and we have an updated schedule to my knowledge. Uh, I have to do my own website, too. So I think it's in, through the end of July to find our schedule for wherever we are racing locally. Uh, going to be traveling around the Midwest here with our, our late model stuff and whatnot. Uh, we're going to be trying to do the Indy weekend, the Na- Indy NASCAR weekend here at um, IRP, either in a truck or an ARC car. It's n- not sure which. We'd like to do a truck, but I don't think that's going to be happening. So then we'll you know, let's see what you know funding we can put together and whatnot and go and try and have fun out there and whatnot. So as far as doing NASCAR stuff goes, nothing's already cooking right now. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're trying we're try to get something, you know, prepped up and warmed up. Uh, you know, we got we got school starting up in fall again. Shooting clues. So, not looking forward to that. So, it's going to be a real busy season, you know, starting two or three months. But anyone can uh, they can stay updated, you know, my social media to post a lot on there. And uh, my website, though, we typically update our schedule as soon as we know we're going somewhere. Cool deal, man. I think I speak for anyone who has listened to this podcast today. I can't wait to follow along and see what's next in your world and see all the things you accomplish. I was excited while doing my research about you, but now that I've spoken to you, I'm hooked, man. I love the story. I like all the different avenues you've went and just your uh, go get it kind of lifestyle. So I can't wait to uh, follow along more. And just really quick, uh, how do we find you? What's what's that website? What's your Twitter handle? Just give the people all the, the things they can uh, follow you on. So yeah, our website is greatmaster.com. You can also buy some of our saucy merch. You might there and get it, people saucy. I thought that was pretty cool. I got it. <laughs> um, so, uh, so you can just find that brightnaster.com. Uh, my Instagram is at the one, the only, the pizza man. Uh, Facebook is brightnaster motorsports and Twitter is at the one pizza man. So that's typically uh, where I post a lot of stuff is Twitter and Facebook. Instagram, I'm not too active on. I'll post updates and stupid stuff. I probably should have post from time to time. But <laughs> I say, uh, there's, there's a big one. So it's Twitter at the one pizza man and the website brightmaster.com and facebook brightmaster motorsports and tiktok i'm big on tiktok too this is at brayton Lassel. cool deal i encourage all of you guys listening to go follow brayton and see what all he has cooking as he says in his words brayton thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on here and talk with us today we certainly appreciate it no thank you it was a, it was a blast you know i always enjoy kind of getting telling my story because the more and more i talk about it the more i remember stuff I'm like oh hey i, I kind of forgot to say that you know sometimes so it's always neat getting to come on and kind of tell my i don't say unique story but it's a pretty unique and interesting route absolutely definitely unique in my opinion again everybody that's brayton laster thank you again for tuning in to episode three of the race car show ring Thank you for listening to the Race Car Showroom Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you'll join us again soon.